welcome to his and hers movie podcast i am one half of your hosting duo jp podcasting out of southwestern pennsylvania brownsville to be specific and joining me as always is my other half the second in command here at the his and hers movie podcast that is mrs carly how are you doing i'm good where are you podcasting out of i am podcasting out of southwestern pa um in the beeville so same area i guess um i like how you gave out our town that way you know everyone in the world can know but yeah southwestern pa yeah i've heard other podcasts do that and i've always liked it where they kind of give a location because it just makes me feel like i know the host a little bit more or like i know like oh this person is from the west coast so they're gonna be lame or this person's from the east coast so they're gonna be cool uh, and the reason I say they're going to be lame is because they often West Coasters ruin podcasting because mm-hmm. of their three hour time difference. So when it is 3 a.m. in the morning for us, it's only midnight for them, which is bull. Yes. And they are typically asshats about it. They're like, come on, guys, the party's still going. Yeah. It's like at yeah, 4 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, they do. They do ruin everything because I feel that us East Coasters are the primary people who podcast. Like it seems like the majority of the peeps are from over here, and then those guys try to come in and just ruin everything. A hundred percent. One hundred. So, this is a new podcast, episode one of a weekly. I'm throwing it out there, weekly I... podcast. Yeah. It's weekly. I didn't sign up for all this, but okay. Yeah. We have another podcast. If, if you're not too familiar with us, we'll get into who we are in a minute, but I'm, I assume most of our listeners are going to be familiar with us, but over time, hopefully we build new listeners who go back and check out the first episode and they will, uh, you know, learn a little bit about us, but we will give a brief history of who we are and what we're doing. But first... I did want to discuss the name of the podcast. I couldn't decide between his and hers movie podcast and his and hers horror movie podcast. Double H M P or triple H M P. My God. Look, I've always wanted to have a cool nickname, a quick, you know, off the tongue And what's wrong with double HMP? Might as well, as you are, double shot J. Exactly. But, I don't know, buddy, I just think we should do horror, (laughs) because if we don't, it's going to become the, it's going to become like 22 shots of exploitation, and Ilsa and stuff. Well, the reason that I didn't want to exclusively call it horror is one because maybe we could sort of not pigeonhole ourselves into an audience but two I didn't want 
to cover something that was non-horror and people be like, that's not horror. True, true. Because I do that a lot with things and it <laughs> seems to annoy people. So, uh, yeah, I, I was thinking like ahead of times because primarily this podcast will focus on new releases mm-hmm. and I might want to go see a film like Joker, which isn't a horror film and talk about it on here as our headlining review because mm-hmm. we're going to go see it anyway. And it's something that we, it, I don't get to talk about films like that here. So what if I go see a film like 1917? I might want to talk about that somewhere. Yeah. And also we tend to go see movies retro films at times in the theater mostly horror but occasionally we'll see something such as the goonies or fight club and perhaps we can come back and talk about our experiences with that as well absolutely so that's kind of where my head was at with calling it his and hers movie podcast double hmp if you will I think double HMP is going to stick, but we can also still call ourselves triple HMP if we want. You know, we, we are like today, tonight is a triple HMP episode because it is horror. That is correct. I do. I do. I think that double HMP flows a little better, but I do like the idea of this will be our triple HMP special yeah, My, like ninety percent of the time, it's going to be triple HMP. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that is kind of where my thought process was. It I didn't ask you about any of this, by the way. Um, no, not at all. I he like just made didn't include you. <laughs> nah, he was just like, I wanna, I wanna like revamp and make a new pod at the start of the year, and then he made up the title. He got good old James Calks to make the uh, thumbnail and he made up the format. So once again, I'm just kind of like here, like, yay, but <laughs> happy I'm happy with just showing up. Yeah. Yeah. So it is the start of the new decade. And that I figured if I'm going to do, I, I need, I, I need to start a new podcast at the start of the decade because mm-hmm. It just makes everything smooth. Like, if this podcast ended up lasting 10 years, I could be like, 10 years ago, we started in 2020. You know what I mean? It's just, like, nice. And, like, I always think about 22 shots, and I'm like, we started in 2013. So it's like, you know, it's weird. Nothing's in, like, November. Even. Yeah. Nothing, yeah, like, in November. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's it's nice to start at the beginning of January, so all your episodes line up. You should, If you're weekly, you should hit 52 episodes or so in, in a year. Uh, but whenever you start in, like, November, it's like, okay, well, we had, like, five episodes in 2013, and then, you know, 2014 after that. Uh, but, you know, that's just OCD stuff. I just thought it was cool to start in a new decade in January. It, we might be one of the only podcasts. I, who am I kidding? Podcasters so overflooded right now, but I'm sure there's like 50 other ones that just started yeah, uh, this sure. month. Had the same exact idea as me. Probably even called themselves like his and her movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> On, at this point, I would not be surprised. Yeah. but So let's just give a brief rundown of who we are. So my name is JP in 
2012, I started a YouTube channel after witnessing the community. I did not know that there was people out there who loved horror movies. Like, I guess I was aware that people loved horror movies, but that there was a fandom for it. Uh, and one day I was heavily into the retro gaming community, uh, as mostly a viewer, just kind of out on the outside, checking it out. That's originally what I found on YouTube that I consistently watched. I watched people do like video game hauls and like yard sale finds and stuff like that. And I started collecting video, video games. Uh, I realized quickly that it was a very expensive habit and hobby because it was catching on so quickly. So I found another interest that I was also starting to do at the same time. I basically had a ton of time on my hands every day. I was not working. Uh, I was kind of miserable, but uh, I had a small income, so I would spend it on eBay buying video games and every once in a while a movie or a TV series uh, to watch in my endless amounts of hours that I had. So I would, you know, buy like one of the, I think one of the like, first things I bought like movie wise was the Amityville trilogy box set. Cause it was only like seven bucks uh, back then on DVD. And I, you know, bought that and watched those. And then I would buy, I, I started uh, doing the Netflix DVD by mail and getting into horror. Uh, so uh, to back up further, I've always been into horror my whole entire life. Some of the first movies I ever seen at like two, three years old were horror movies. And I extended that relationship and love into the video store era. Uh, things like, um, uh, monster vision with Joe Bob, by the way, if you guys aren't familiar, I am the guy who got monster vision, AKA the last drive in on to shutter. So that's a story for another day, but I just wanted to let you guys know. Buddy. Um, no, it's true. I swear. Uh, so <laughs> I, you know, that, that's the brief rundown of my early years. You know, I was into horror the whole time, but I didn't know there was like a fandom for it. So, you know, as I was watching these video game stuff on YouTube, I started noticing that there were like people, I would like get a new movie and I would Google, or like you search a review on it and see what other people, th I started noticing, wow, there's people that actually like review this stuff. So I started watching all these reviews and stuff and couldn't get enough of it. Now you wouldn't catch me watching a YouTube review of a, a horror movie. <laughs> um, but like back then I couldn't get enough of them. Uh, and it was, it was a lot of like, cool discovery because I started finding a bunch of movies that I never got to see when I was a kid um, and I did the Netflix DVD by mail and I would get like Day of the Dead and Return of the Living Dead and um, another one that I never had seen was Night of the Demons that I always heard about and I would rent them and I would watch them and then I would go uh, on YouTube and watch reviews of them and this kind of continued for like you know from 2009 maybe to 2012 and I started watching a lot of YouTubers consistently and I was like, dude, I would love to do this. And then I did, but don't watch it. <laughs> uh, I started making YouTube videos in 2012. I, I look at those videos and I swear that I was on some sort of medication. I don't remember if I was, but I'm just like, how was this dude not on some sort of heavy dosage of medication? 
Yeah. Like, I don't even talk the same as I did back then. It I mean, I think weird. it was just a timid, timid thing, though, too. In your voice. I'm not you know what I'm saying? timid. I mean, like, you were, like, scared to, uh, back when you were, like, 20 years old, you were afraid to go on the YouTube, like most people are, to start out. So it's, like... Well, it like, wasn't really done back then, either, to yeah. the extent of now. So, like, I leave those videos up because it's a reminder of how far I've progressed. Yeah. But I hate them. Yeah, you leave them <laughs> I don't even know when them. I started getting, like, somewhat okay. It seems like it just happened overnight because I can't find a like section of videos where I don't cringe and then all of a sudden I don't cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, ugh. Uh, but so I started that uh, and I quickly became, you know, friends with a few people on YouTube and recognized uh, a little bit as like a young fledgling starting out. And uh, I got recruited to a channel. Uh, called at the time the fright tube which was a collaboration review channel where every day of the week somebody would post a review so for example i think in those early days i was the thursday or friday guy uh so or maybe even wednesday i can't remember i i floated around for so many different days over the years um but during that we needed a seventh person and I had recently became friends with this guy named Mood Six One Six, and I was like, "Hey, I, I know, I know a guy that we could probably ask because I just like became kind of friends with him. Uh, I bas basically like responded to one of his, or we were me and him both responded to another person's top ten video with video responses of our own, which he used to be able to do on YouTube, and then we became kind of like friends a little bit. And uh, anyway." So that was the start of me and Moods' friendship, and I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're a horror fan, you've probably heard of Moods 616, um, but if not, he's a YouTuber, and his channel kind of like got a lot bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so even though we started around the same time, I think he had like, you know, 100 more subscribers than me when I started or something, um, and we started doing this, this YouTube collaboration series basically every week. And then we started having like group discussions in, it, it was weird. Like none of us were friends on Facebook. We like had like discussions in, in a, on YouTube, like YouTube messaging. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sad. YouTube isn't really like that anymore. Honestly, like, Dude, really it was so collaborative. It was so mm -hmm. collaborative. Like, you would post a video, and then, like, seven dudes would in the horror community would respond to it, like, every time, with videos of their own. Can you even message people on YouTube anymore? I don't think so, honestly. Yeah, I don't think... I was, like, trying to do it, like, one time about a year ago, and I was like, oh, this doesn't exist, because it's all just, like, freaking Google now, and it's just annoying. It used to be just, like, Facebook or MySpace, like, just another social media site, but... Tis not anymore. Yeah. So eventually we graduated to having like weekly, like on the weekends, especially like tiny chat discussions, which was like webcam type, you know, Skype things. And we would just hang out in there and we would talk for, you know, eight to 10 hours sometimes, like into the early morning. 
and we would just all be in there like kicking it, like talking about horror, you know, having fun and stuff. Uh, and, uh, eventually that channel actually ended because of an argument that happened between the creator and then like five of us hosts. Um, <laughs> so actually six of us, six hosts left and created their, the, our, a new channel, which I created and it's called body bags. It still goes to this day. Um, and there's probably been, you know, a couple dozen people who have came and went and been hosts of that channel, including you. Yeah, I was on there for probably a year and a half, I would say. Yeah. It's kind of cool that it still runs. Mm-hmm. Um, does it still run? Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. Uh, there's, Yeah, it's crazy how many, I bet so many people have come and gone. It's like a job. It's like some people stay for years, and then some people leave after a month. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, but it actually, it actually is crazy that that channel still goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you created it, much like you created Joe Bob. Yeah. Well, I didn't create Joe Bob. I just created The Last Drive-In. And I didn't really create it. I just gave it a platform. Right, right. Uh, So then, um, you know, we one of the new hosts of the Body Bags channel was a guy named Clive Craven. He was a uh, musician, like a rapper. I don't know how Moods met him, but he started, like, showing up in our live chats, like, consistently, and then we needed a host, and he became a host. Um, And then he wanted to create a video podcast-type live stream thing, uh, and we called it Burial Grounds, and it was me, him, uh, Moods, and Stephen Ferrandino, who was a member of Fright Tube slash Body Bags. Stephen actually went on to become... um, what he worked for uh midnight releasing um and he also went on to work on um a film with tim ritter recently called bone hill road which i thought was cool because he was just like in high school when i met him Mm -hmm. um so that was a weekly live stream and it was it honestly was really fun and my webcam was so trash on there, but, uh, it actually was pretty cool. We did about four or five episodes and Zach was supposed to be a host on there, but he had like a root canal or something. He did just never <laughs> did. Um, and then after that we had a, like kind of a disagreement, not necessarily a disagreement, but like, I think that Clive was so used to being in control of everything and we were kind of um, taking control of like the direction of the show, even though he created it because he was like going through some stuff or something and he wasn't able to like do it all the time. So we were like, why don't we just do it, you know, like do it or like even create something else. And it it just kind of like imploded a little bit. Um, And it was right around the time that we were supposed to actually bring Jeremy on as a fifth host because Jeremy had started talking a lot, like Jeremy, a fellow YouTuber, was starting to talk to Moods like a ton. Like, a, like he was just talking to him like all the time. Moods kept mentioning just Jeremy, dude. I didn't even know him. I wasn't even subscribed to him. Uh, so he started showing up in these tiny chat things and talking. And then he um, basically our our last episode of the Burial Grounds was supposed to be a Wes Craven spotlight. And, uh, Jeremy, it, it didn't happen. And then Jeremy actually asked Moods if he wanted to start a podcast together, like an audio one. Moods said, yeah. And then he basically, this was like 20, 
2013. Uh, he basically was like, um, yeah. And like, just out of like, just like luck or like me and moods were pretty good friends, but, um, I was happy because moods actually asked me to, to participate. Um, which could have completely changed my history and maybe even my life. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of weird to think about stuff like that. But, um, so we started 22 shots of moods and horror, which is a podcast that's still going on to this day. We have been podcasting since 2013. We have about 173 episodes. Uh, it's a pretty successful podcast. Um, it's a horror podcast primarily and it's, it's been going well. And during that time we've done, I've done tons of other podcasts, guested on things, but, uh, I also met you at, um, work, uh, a job that we had and you were, I think you were trying to impress me by saying you liked horror movies cause I liked horror movies. No, 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 I liked horror movies before you yeah but you were not a like legit horror fan all right shall i get into my spiel <laughs> hold on um <laughs> so because <laughs> you're coming at me a bit twisted and i feel like it is my turn uh no because i'm still going through mine so i met this girl named carly at work like that's me four or so years ago how long was it uh, June of 2015. So like four Almost years ago? Like four, yeah, a little over four at this point. Yeah. So I met you and we, we weren't really like friends at far, first. Obviously that'd be weird if you met someone day one became their best friend. Yeah. Um, but you know, I started like telling you about like some of the stuff I did and, uh, you, but like from my perspective, this is how it happened. I started. <laughs> That's all going to be wrong. I could tell. T- telling you like about this podcast I do and like YouTube stuff I do. Little do I know you actually stalked me and found me on YouTube before I knew that. Before I told you that I was on YouTube, huh? Yeah. And uh, I made up an elaborate lie about that, I think, for a while. And then I finally told you. Yeah. All that. Uh, but anyway, I... Which is weird that you found me on YouTube before I told you I was on YouTube. Anyway. Yeah, I'm weird. <laughs> um, so, damn, that's weird now that I think about okay, it. Okay, dude, let's move on. <laughs> I was going to get into this myself, but now you're making it seem extra creepy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, I'm lost my train of thought. Um, anyway, we became friends. Uh, we eventually, I think the first movie we ever went to see was The Witch. Yeah. Uh, together in 2016 and we pretty much been going consistently i guess not right since then but pretty shortly after that we've been going to see everything like consistently like every horror movie that comes out it, we slowly did that but we do mm-hmm. a lot of stuff now we go to like retro movies we go to, in fact we're going to see misery tomorrow yeah um in the theater which is cool uh, and then we started Netflix and chill horror podcast, I think like two years ago, which I do like, and it's still going on for people who are wondering, but I just felt like it was very limited and I wanted to podcast with you more on stuff that wasn't so limited. So we'll, we'll still keep that, but this yeah, it's is, just, uh, it's hard to like, especially with Netflix, like just shitting the bed with releases, but you know, we do stuff on Shutter too. It's just yeah. kind of hard to. It's, it's hard to plan out watching a movie, and then like at the start of the year, you don't really get that many movies anyway. So it's 
Hard I mean, to keep there, up with there's that. enough to do stuff. It's just that, like, I never feel like watching them, honestly. Yeah, and but, I honestly don't eat. Like, streaming is... I don't know. I just never feel like streaming movies when I own a bunch of movies. And when we go to the theater, it's like streaming is, like, the last thing I do. Which I wish I did it more. It's just a time issue for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just have watched... I'm watching so much other stuff. But these movies, the theatrical movies, which that's primarily what we're going to do on here... You know, and those movies are all, we all see them anyway. Like me and you go see every single horror movie that comes out a year usually. Yeah. Uh, and this might even motivate us to go see them more. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so that, that's where I kind of came up with this, you know, that, that's the brief history of like my horror history and like the entertainment side of things with podcasts and things like that. But I just, you know, I, I want to say that like I love doing this stuff and it's it's one of my favorite um hobbies like that there is like watching movies and talking about them is like such a huge part of my life that I I literally would feel like lost without it I think so it's it's very important for me to do that uh and I will pass it to you in a second to give your brief history which <laughs> mine wasn't my, turn. my mine wasn't so brief but I did want to drop at the top of the show what we're going to be doing here. We're going to be uh, reviewing The Grudge tonight, uh, which just came out 2020. Um, I, dude, I literally almost said 2018. Like, I'm two years off. <laughs> and it, I, it's rough. Um, like, and then also, this is going to be the uh, preview of the films coming out in 2020. So uh, most of the time, it'll probably just be one movie review. But I also want to just talk about, like anything you know that this is kind of a anything goes type of podcast where we're going to just like recap our week sometimes and things like that so mm-hmm. um i i hate i'm not I'm, i suck at this i should have said that at the top of the show <laughs> it's, it's all right it's all right all right it's your turn the pilot episode buddy um yeah so i'm gonna try to keep this brief i mean i don't really have a huge story to tell anyway i mean uh, JP here thinks he like got me into horror and like saved my I life, did. but but it's not exactly true. When I was a kid, I started watching horror movies probably at the age of three. Um, you know, nothing hardcore, more just like the basic stuff like Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, and Scream. But I got really into it, and I would watch them quite a bit as a child. My mom would just buy me mainly just slasher movies. Uh. You know, lower grade slashers that weren't too over the top or anything like that. So that's kind of the primary stuff I would watch. And I kind of watched the same things over and over again, though, to be honest. I never really got into anything too obscure or Which there was like. I what? did too. I, I watched yeah. the same stuff over and over again. I might have just watched more stuff over yeah, and over again. Definitely did. Yeah. But I, I did too. Like, I mean, I'm a huge Friday the 13th Elm Street fan. Like, I spent so much of my childhood watching those specific movies, Leprechaun, stuff like that. But, yeah, so I did that too. Yeah, but that's kind of me. Like, I would watch Friday the 13th, the Halloween movies, and, like, the Child's Play and Scream films. Those were kind of, like, the main franchises I would always kind of run back to. But there was always some different stuff here and there, but there were a lot of classics that I kind of missed out on until later on in life. But, um, you know, I liked horror up until middle school, or not up until, but, you know, up to middle school, I still enjoyed it. And then in high school, I kind of got a little bit out of it because I got more into just 
you know, wrapped up with high school activities and all that and didn't watch movies a ton, but I was still I, I did too. Stuff. I I did mm-hmm. forget to mention I, there was a huge slump um in I would say 2003-ish, 4-ish, 5-ish where I kind of just totally like I I still would see like the stuff that came out like the big stuff like Cabin Fever or like Hostel yeah. or something like that, but I wasn't like into it into it like I once was. So that came back around later. Yeah, I did the same thing. I would just I would go to the theater because I I did have like a few friends who wanted to see you know things like Insidious or we would see like every Paranormal Activity movie that came in the theater because those all came out pretty much when I was in high school. But so that happened, and then of course you know started the job with good old JP here in like I said June of 2015. And it probably wasn't until October or September or October is when I did some creeping because, I don't know, I'm a typical girl and that's kind of what we do. I was creeping on all my coworkers, to be fair, because I was just bored one day. Sure. And, yes, I swear. And I actually, the weird thing is I found JP, of all things, I found his Twitter page, which he barely even really used. And I noticed that the description said... Something like, I'm a fan of horror films. And I was like, what? Because at first I thought this dude was, like, pretty lame, honestly. Wait, what? Like, I thought, I don't know. I just thought you were, like, a typical lame-ass, like, guy. I don't know. I just didn't think you were original. No, no, let's be candid here. What was your real first impressions of me? Don't hold anything back for the listeners. I don't think I did. I think I just gave them. No, I don't know. I thought... Well, for one thing, you know, you're kind of like my boss, so it's like I didn't really see us ever becoming buddy-buddy or anything, and I didn't really And that was like to... your first real job, so you were like, yeah, I thought I was you scared. probably had to be, you, you were probably mad scared of me. You were probably like, I hope he doesn't yell at me today. I was, I did think, I would get scared every time you would walk down the hall, I would like jump a little bit, I'd be like, oh god. <laughs> Here he comes. But yeah, it is weird to think about because yeah, you were my boss, and um, I was—I've always been very, very shy, and I always thought I would have trouble, struggle in the workforce, and have trouble getting a job and all that. So I got lucky with the Hampton or you know the hotel, I guess, job because it was very laid back and quiet. But I was still scared. I was afraid of you as my boss, and so it was weird. And I didn't really think much of you, and then you started being like. I realized you were kind of friendly and nice, and you were normal uh, dude. But anyway, you know, I creeped on your Twitter. Uh, I saw that you had that, and you had your YouTube link. Actually, no, you used, you had it linked to Twitter because you can you can do that where you link the videos to automatically upload to the Twitter. Uh, and yeah. so, yeah, I would promptly click on those, and I was like, "Holy shite!" He has a YouTube, and back then you only had about. 800 some subscribers i believe now you're like well into the thousands so that's kind of cool little fact for you to know that i'm sure you didn't know but actually you might have had less than that i don't know not to talk about your life and your subscribers too much because it's weird <laughs> that i memorized them but yeah do you so know I each s- of their names too <laughs> yeah i do no i um but yeah i would watch i was watch so i like kind of scrolled through your channel and i was like whoa these are all like horror related videos this guy actually does like horror movies that's crazy and I actually it's funny because i saw you uploaded some of your podcasts and i was like what is this like there's no video it's just audio and they're just 
dudes talk. Like, I didn't listen to them. I didn't really give them a shot because I had no idea what a podcast actually was back then. I probably had heard the word before, but I didn't understand the concept or why people would ever be into that. So then you flash forward a bit, and we were becoming better friends at work, kind of talking about horror and all that. And then, like you said, we went to see The Witch. We went with a group of friends. And then we met, the second movie we saw was actually 10 Cloverfield Lane, I remember, with really? that group. Of, yeah. It was the same group of coworkers. And then uh, I think that same year you and I saw Don't Breathe together. That was like one of the first movies we saw together just without anybody else. Just the two of us. Yeah. And, um... I don't know, I'm like, I forget, I forget when the whole podcasting thing actually even originated, but, uh, you know, I guess... me and you? Yeah, like, I forget when you told me you had a podcast and all that, because I feel like it was a while into the friendship, because you wouldn't admit that you had a YouTube channel for a very long time, even though I knew the whole time, (laughs) but... Yeah, so I found out about your podcast, and then one day you texted me, and you were like, let's start our own podcast, and that's how Netflix and Chill kind of happened, and you told me, you need to make, like, a Facebook account and get into all these group pages, and honestly, I thought it was kind of lame. I always never understood you and how you were always texting these, or messaging these people online that you've never met before, because when I was in high school, I had a few friends who were friends with people online and they would act like they were their best friends and I would just kind of roll my eyes at them like I was respectful to them but in my head I'm thinking you can't be you don't know this person there's no way you're having a connection with them it's lame and stupid but it's crazy because and I still felt that way after I got involved with the groups I didn't really comment on anything for the longest time and I didn't really interact with many people I don't think back then either it took like a few months for me to really sort of get involved But once I did, I really enjoyed everyone, and I've come to find that some of the people I met in the podcasting world and just the horror group pages are some of the best people in my life now. Like, I interact with them every day, you know, I'm in group chats, and you feel like you really get to know these people, especially when you start doing podcasts and, like, live streams and all that with them. It's it's just... uh, very interesting how you can never meet someone in real life and you feel like you've known them your whole life so um i think that's pretty cool and i am grateful and i will give credit where credit is due to mr jp because he did get me involved in the community and i honestly don't know what i would be doing today because i really didn't have much of a hobby honestly until i got involved in all this because you know, now I collect movies, I watch movies for podcasts, I watch, I go to the theater all the time with JP, I watch movies at home on my own, I pretty much watch a movie every day at this point, and horror movies have become my entire life, and all the people have become my entire life, so it's weird to think if I didn't meet you, I probably would just be a boring, like, 20-something-year-old with nothing really going on, so thanks, I guess. Yeah, you're welcome. I I 100% agree with, you know, that, like, I'm actually scared to think if I didn't get into this. Like, I feel like my life would be vastly different. Yeah. Because I do feel like this has influenced my life a ton. Like, a ton, a ton. It's weird. It's weird to think that a podcast and, like, being a horror fan could, like, change Mm -hmm. essentially who you are as a person. Yeah, because, like I said, I always enjoyed horror movies. It was just, that was my favorite sub, 
or my favorite genre of film. That's all it was to me, though. It's just, I was into horror. I liked Halloween. I liked the season of Halloween. I liked spooky stuff. I would always watch creepy videos on YouTube, especially, like, back in the middle school days. And so I was always kind of into that, but that was just my own personal thing that occasionally I would get, like, one or two friends from school or something to go see a movie with me. But that was... That was about it, you know? I didn't realize, like you, I didn't realize there was actual group pages with all these people involved. And like I said, I didn't know what a podcast was either, so there's no way in hell I would have just found this stuff on my own. And all these people do find this stuff on their own nowadays. I don't know if I would ever be able to do that, because I'd be completely oblivious. So it's very, very interesting. Yeah, and another thing with, you know, the horror thing is... Me and you couldn't be com- like more different in a lot of ways. Like I, I probably would never have found common ground if it wasn't for horror with you and became friends, good mm-hmm. friends. Like we're very, very good friends, like best friends. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, but you know that I'm co- I, like I have a completely different background than you. Like in, in real, like you know, personal life. Oh yeah. Um, and like we probably would have never been friends in like high school or you know, I'm I'm a little older than you. We wouldn't have been in high school together, but <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh we would have not like had We would have clashed. I would have I always say this, like I was a band geek in high school and I was like I mentioned I was very shy and Mr. JP here was more outgoing and just ran with the cool kids and I think you would have thought I was just a total lame. So it, it's very weird. I think about it all the time. Like you were, you're the exact opposite. I would have never approached you in a high school setting. Like I think about if we actually grew up together and went to high school together, and how there's no way in hell we would ever actually be buddies like we yeah, are it, now. You would probably actually like not like you. you not no, only would we not be friends, but I think you would probably actively dislike me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Which is just hilarious. It's so funny how life is like that. But I'm happy that it did go this way because um, I've been very happy with, like, the friendships I've built, both, like, with you and, like, other people online who, again, like, I used to laugh at the thought of being genuine friends with people online, too. And I remember a couple years, like, a lot of people in my family still don't even understand it, like... I'd be like, yeah, you know, my friend, you know, moods or whatever, like my friend (laughs) Jeremy or like my friend, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) like my friend Dave or something. And then they'll be like, who, who's that again? And I'm like that, that dude from like fucking Buffalo, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and they're just like, you're like friends with this person. I'm like, yes. Like, and I, and I actually thought like, like there was a time where I was like, wow, people online are actually like, better than real people that I know. Like yeah. they're, they're like yeah. a lot nicer and like genuine, more genuine. It was freaking weird. Yeah. Like I've had more people online reach out to me. I've had more people online say happy birthday to me on my birthday. It's, it's really crazy. And I, I get what you mean. It's, you almost feel dumb when you try to explain to your real life friends and family the whole thing. Cause Some of my friends think podcasts are just a joke, and if I tell someone, oh, I can't hang out because I have to record a podcast, though, I feel like they think I'm just making that up, and I just don't feel like hanging out, but, you know, it's not the truth, because you commit to someone who lives in another state to record with them, so of course you're not going to cancel on them, so it's just, it's a weird thing, and yeah, like, I'll have people... 
that I know from the group pages comment on my regular Facebook page, comment on random stuff, and I'll try to explain to my mom, like, oh, that's just so-and-so joking around. He he lives in California, and it's just, it sounds weird when you actually say it out loud. Yeah, it, it's, people do not get the podcasting thing. <laughs> it, it's so weird. Like, nobody gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I do think that it's kind of cool that podcasts are becoming, like, more mainstream, like, with the success of, like, Joe Rogan Experience and, and those type of podcasts. Like, regular, you know, everyday people do listen to podcasts. Like, I've met people at the gym who are listening to podcasts and things like that. So that that's actually kind of cool that it's become, like, it's at least, like, five years ago if I would have said, like, a podcast – like most people wouldn't even know what I was talking about, but now mm-hmm. at least people know what, Oh, it's like an audio radio thing on online. Like they at least know what it is. Yeah. I have actually, some of my coworkers are familiar with podcasts, but they don't, I don't think they would understand this type because what they listen to is essentially like audio books, except for it's not a book. It's, I didn't realize these existed, but it's just podcasts where someone's telling a story that they made up or something like that. Oh, like the, they're like, um, I know what you're talking about. They're like audio dramas almost. Yeah, like the one girl listens to like, she listens to like kind of dark horror related ones, I think, like murder mystery ones and stuff like that. But uh-huh. I didn't realize those were a thing, honestly. That was kind of new to me, but it is essentially a podcast. It's just not the same type where we're talking about a topic. It's like actually they're listening to to a story the whole time. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it's kind of funny how that, like, people, like, a lot of people do like, like, dark stuff, but don't like horror. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, uh, with that said, I mean, that that's kind of our, our background a little bit. We really do, we try to do a lot of stuff every year involving horror. Like, I think, like, la- not last year, but the year before, we had, like, such an amazing, like, October season. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to top that ever. <laughs> yeah, we, we like. So much. Like we started in September doing Halloween stuff and it just, it was just so much stuff. We did so much things like we were completely burnt out by like the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but we still do, we, we try to go to, you know, um, like the retro movies showings that we have, like there's one for misery, um, coming up. There's another one for my bloody Valentine, which I am. I never thought that would play at the theater. We're about to see it at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're actually showing the invisible man, like the week of the new invisible man's release, I think. So oh, yeah, that's, pretty cool. that's, um, that's another universal monster film that we're going to be able to get a chance to see. So I definitely want to see that. Uh, and then, you know, like we go to this drive in every year or twice a year, which shows retro movies too. Um, this year they actually announced a few titles so far. They announced humanoids from the deep, uh, the first night, which is like an, uh, like a, from the deep theme uh piranha um which is actually pretty good uh i think it's from 78 or 79 um i actually really like piranha it's been it's been about a decade since i've seen it honestly i bought the original when the piranha 2010 film came out the the uh double the piranha 3d Mm -hmm. uh they re-released roger corman's original on dvd in like a really cool like lenticular cover and i picked it up at walmart for twenty dollars um when it was brand new and i watched it and i really liked it but i haven't seen it since 
Uh, and then, uh, my, like one that I'm really excited for, it made my top 10 in 1972, and that oh. is Le- The Legend of Boggy Creek, which I used to not even like, but it's became a favorite of mine. And they're doing the new 4K transfer at that. The rest are 35 millimeter. Um, and then on night two, they announced more of like an 80s theme. And they announced Wes Craven's Deadly Friend, which is just a, a weird one to see at a drive in. Uh, and then Slumber Party Massacre, which I'm really excited about too. Yeah. Have you seen Slumber Party Massacre? I have not. Really? I'm excited because I've always wanted to check it out. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, today I was just absolutely pissed off, dude. Wait. Um, so I, after they announced Slumber Party Massacre, I was like, man, that reminds me. I still never picked up Slumber Party Massacre 2 and 3 on Blu-ray from Scream Factory. And I go to Amazon and it's $95. And I was like, what the heck? And then I looked around and it was out of print, dude. I'm so mad about that. Uh, normally when, uh, Scream Factory announces a title is going out of print. I will grab it because I I don't collect them like I used to, but I I grab especially if it's something that I wanted. Like I've always mm-hmm. wanted that that Scream Factory double feature. Um, but yeah, it's totally out of print. I'm I'm so bummed about that. So I don't know when that happened, but no, like I don't even. I usually am aware of when they go out of print because like my friends all follow that stuff. When they go out of print on there, do they ever come back? Not usually from the same company. Like, someone uh, else might okay. release it later. That but that that's a weird one, because I didn't think that release was too old. Like, it, maybe, mm-hmm. like, two years? I didn't think it was that old, so that that kind of surprised me, honestly. Yeah, that sucks. I would never... I would never spend all that money for, like, an out-of-print title, like... $95. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't oh, do that. Oh, no, I, just... I, I would never, ever, ever do that. I mean, the, the most I've ever spent for something out of print was, I think I spent $20 on House 1 and 2 on DVD <laughs> Um, back when they were out of print on DVD, back way before I had a Blu-ray player or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blu-ray, um, I didn't get until 2010, I want to say. Yeah, I was always pretty behind on the times with DVD and Blu-ray, honestly. I feel like I had VHS tapes for a lot of my life. Yeah, which we still collect. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> my favorite thing to collect, so, actually. So, um, what did you do this week? Did you watch anything good? You know, did you have any... Did you do anything? It's the first week of January. It is. Um, didn't do anything too exciting, I wouldn't say. I watched... Um, what did I watch? What did I watch? Well, last night I watched um, Goosebumps episodes because I picked mm. those up. I like to collect those whenever I see them in Goodwills. A lot of times Goodwills have the episodes and the books, and I just think they're a cool little thing to collect on their own little DVDs. And uh, I enjoyed those. I enjoy watching them. They're very cheesy. The acting's atrocious in them, and that's what kind of makes them fun. It's, <laughs> the acting it's so bad. Is really bad, man. It's like they tell them, like, hey, I want you to make this as staged as possible. But, so I watched that. Um, I checked out Amityville, because uh, you gave me those Vincennes for x And I checked out one of the ones that I hadn't seen, which was A New Generation. I think that's Amityville Part 6, maybe. 
I get the numbers mixed six, up. Yeah, yeah I, I'd get them mixed up, too. Because I'm pretty sure it was... Yeah, because we saw part... Uh, yeah, we saw... I don't know we what I'm talking about. We saw four and, and uh, It's About Time, I think. Yeah, I, f- I always feel like that one's part six, but I'm pretty sure I did the math and this one was part six. But yeah, anyway, but I- they said Vinegar Syndrome actually said that, you know, when they asked for the masters of them, one of them was actually labeled like Amityville five. But like because there's an Amityville that wasn't released, like the true number five one, like the Amityville curse or something that oh, okay. wasn't released in that box set. So that that's where you can get confused with the numbers too. So it's kind of conflicting on like what a true, like, cause apparently that Amityville curse is not an original Amityville film, oh, Okay, but okay. I don't know. So that's kind of weird. Yeah, I, I do. Like I, all, I'm confident that part four is evil escapes. That's like the one with the evil lamp. That's the only yeah. one I'm confident on. But Anyway, this one was a new generation. I didn't really like it too much, honestly. It was very, it was probably the least Amityville out of the ones that I've seen. It, yeah. It was about like a mirror. Have you seen that one? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't actually. I've only seen um, one through three and then the two that we watched and Dollhouse. So pretty much all uh, of them except for that one. Yeah. It's in that box yeah. set. Uh, so yeah, I've seen all the other ones, which I like all the other ones. They're fun. So you're telling me that one's not too good though, huh? I don't know. You might like, I like could not get into it. I was trying, like I was into it a little bit at the beginning and like just halfway through, I was getting bored with it and then I would get back into it. And then I just, it was a weird, just a weird story. I, I don't know. I would like to give it another try one day, but you know, still cool to own those. I'm happy to have those cause they're, you know, just the obscure Amityville films later in the franchise. Seeing those in the theater, um, we saw Amityville four and I think like, six in the theater uh was such a like rare first of all rare experience like nobody like probably nobody has done that ever because like those were tv movies too um and we were the only two like there was two other people in the theater and like literally nobody else yeah even like uh other screenings got canceled because of the attendance so i mean like we might be two of like the only people ever to just do that but um, those films were a lot of fun to see in the theater. I don't think they will be as good if you haven't seen them in the theater. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I, I've just been kind of watching some random stuff in my collection, but enjoying it because, you know, 2019's over. Don't have to prep anymore for 2019 moves or, re- you know, really anything else besides just my two monthly podcasts that I do and then of course now I have this but um it's been nice just being able to kick back and watch random stuff yeah because I do I have kind of accumulated a lot more movies in my to watch pile that I have to get to but uh so do you have any sort of um goals that you set for this year like watch goals yeah honestly no I kind of stopped doing that I, I know like for not this past year, but like two years ago or so, you and I kind of had a competition on who can watch the most movies in a year. And ever since that, one. yeah, whatever. Uh, it wasn't that much of a win, I don't think. I think I wasn't too far behind. But what's crazy is you've smashed that record from that year that you tried to watch. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I, and I don't have that list anymore. I wish I did, but I do have my. My 2018 list, which I had three 25 watches, and that's 
quite a bit. And then my 2019 list, I got to a total of 384 watches. And that's just casually watching movies. That's not stressing myself out, which, yeah, that that is funny because the year I was actually stressed out because I wanted to beat you because I get kind of competitive with stuff like that. And I failed, but... Mm. Uh, and that was I probably only watched like freaking I feel like I only watched like 250 that year or something crazy like that and now it's so easy to watch over a year's worth of films yeah it's insane like I have my watch list dating back to 2011 yeah um I watched I had a watch list for 2010 and I don't remember what happened to it it was on my old computer or something like that um, which is, I actually started cataloging my watches in 2010, um, before I ever did like YouTube or anything. Um, mm-hmm. I just was like keeping a list, uh, and I would actually, I started rating them on a, a, doc, a document, um, and I lost that document, unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, there's some stuff missing from 2011 too, but I had 55 watches, but in, in actuality, I probably had about 70 yeah. Um. In real life, and then you know, the next year I had like you know 125 or something, and then I did like 250 a couple years, and then my goal was always to get to 365. You know, a film a day that seemed like a pretty good goal, and I hit that. I, I missed that goal. I think I had like three, close to 300, or like a little over 300 or something one year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I like, I like smashed the goal and I, you know, ended up at like four Oh two. And I was like, that was way too many. And last year I ended up at the very next year, you know, I hit four Oh two Yeah, said, I'm going to take it easy. I was, and I was trying to hit three sixty five then. And my goal was to watch like less than three sixty five Cause I had such a like overwhelming time watching all those movies and i hit 435 last year or you know 2019 ridiculous yeah so i you know i was like dude that was kind of gnarly you know Mm -hmm. um but this year my watch goal is different so my watch i like i want to watch less than 400 movies like i don't want to watch 400 (laughs) movies uh but one of the things that i want to do is watch my collection. Mm-hmm. So I I have hundreds. I did like a brief math. I at least have 400, possibly 600, possibly more um unwatched movies. Like oh just God. in just in the first main shelf of my DVDs, which I have two main shelves that house I would say like over 50% of my collection probably. Uh, just the DVD side, I had close to 200 unwatched. And I have more Blu-rays that are unwatched. Because back when I used to get DVDs, I would watch them all as I mm-hmm. got them. But like when I started getting Blu-rays, like that's when I did it. Uh, so my goal is to watch double of what I buy. So, for example, we went to the store the other day. I bought eight movies. Mm-hmm. I need to watch 16 to cancel that out you know to basically watch more than i'm pulling in you're effed i know i that might be too real too much like i might have to drop it to like 50 percent of it so like (laughs) if i do if i buy you know 10 i have to watch 15 you know what i mean instead of double because double is a lot um 
So that that should help me buy a little less, though, which I don't buy a ton anymore, honestly. It's from years where I used to, you know, buy 60 movies at a time on Go Hastings sales and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So, that you know, it has definitely, um, cur- like, my, my wa- buying has curved, but my watching, uh, and I don't want, I do watch a lot of movies, but a lot of times they're, like, on Netflix or, like, you know, stuff that I have to rent for the podcast or something like that. So, I, it's not actually stuff that I own a lot of the time lately, even though I'm still watching a ton of stuff. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of my goal is to just, like, put a dent in this dang collection like there used to be a time where i had a system i had movies on the shelves and then anything i bought went in a need to update stack mm-hmm. and then after i did an update it went to a watch stack and then after i watched it it would go on the shelf but it would never leave the watch to watch stack until i finished it which is kind of how you do it now yeah uh but Oh, like I remember there was a point where I had like a couple, like 150 or something in my watch sack. And I was just like, no, I didn't have like space for them. I had to put them on the shelves. So I put them on the shelves and it it was just a nightmare after that. I have so much stuff. So, so much stuff, so much stuff. It's ridiculous. But that's my goal to get through some of these, um, like there is, there is stuff in my collection. I just like, do not feel like watching like. Um, like there's a movie from like, like called seven sins of the vampire or something that I always look at. Cause it's like in the number portion, which is at the beginning of my collection. Uh-huh. I'm just like, I've had this for like 10 years and never watched it. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> um, sometimes, sometimes to me that sounds like it would be kind of fun to actually have your shelves filled with stuff and have random stuff that you don't even remember buying and you're like oh i haven't watched this yet because it, it me- is it is actually fun yeah because like you said for me i still even though my watch deck is kind of out of control now i used to be able to watch everything i had have an empty slate buy new movies and watch everything i had and i used to buy like 10 movies at the time watch them and not buy anything else until yeah. i watched it but now it's kind of out of control where i just Anytime I'm somewhere and I see something cool, I have to buy it. But I still only put stuff on the shelf after I've watched it. So I can say my whole shelf thing is filled with movies I've seen before. But for you, it's like you have this library of just like random secret stuff that you don't know if it's trash or if it's good or if it's hidden gem or what. Yeah. One thing that I will say that helps with that is when we get a of the year. Mm-hmm. Um top 10 thing that we do on 22 shots because like let's say we pull 1974 there's gonna be you know a lot of titles that i haven't watched yet that came out that year that i will make a point to watch then so that has actually helped me a lot Mm -hmm. uh with like you know watching stuff that i've had sealed um but yeah i just i just really want to put a day like my goal honestly would be one day to get back to that thing where i only buy stuff and then i watch it before it goes on the shelf like but it might take a couple years to get to that point where i'm able to do that again Mm -hmm. uh so i'm kind of just like slowly trying to make a dent as much as possible uh this year My, my my goal is to do the you know two thing if i can't do that i at least want like bare minimum like low end of goal is 150 150 of my movies i need to watch that were were unwatched um and some sometimes like 
I have seen the movie before. Like, um, for example, I recently bought A Quiet Place on 4K. We saw that in the theater. Um, but mm-hmm. it, I'm counting it as an unwatched because I haven't watched it on the disc. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I started sorting my collection a little bit by put, I started putting all unwatched together instead of the traditional alphabetical. I did, you know, I've started out pretty decently. What's today? The seventh. Seventh. Uh, so I watched one, two, three, four, five, six, exactly seven titles so far. I've watched more movies this year. I, I think I'm at like 10 or 11, but. I've already watched seven of the 150 that I want. So, uh, yeah, that is, um, I watched stand by me on 4k. Maybe I'll give a weekly update of what I got to in my collection. Yeah. For this show. Yeah. Might as well. Uh, I watched, uh, stand by me, which was a awesome purchase on 4k. I don't think the transfer is, to die for necessarily but it's a favorite movie of mine and i wanted to that's the very first movie i watched uh of 2020 and um i just you know i love stand by me um stephen king story uh cory feldman river phoenix um just just a great coming of age film very like retro um style that you see today with like stranger things and and how popular that thing is so uh, very, very good. Love that movie. Um, definite 10 out of 10 for me. Um, I watched The New Kids, which me and you tried to watch last year. I fell asleep. You finished. Uh, that one I really liked. Um, it actually surprised me, like, how many beats. Um, like, you could almost tell it was a Sean S. Cunningham film. Like, there was actual, like, shots where I'm like, wow, that was, like, kind of like in Friday the 13th. He did the same type of thing. Um, it's very weird because Sean S. Cunningham is not known as like a talented director. You know, he just wasn't really known for doing Friday the 13th, but mm-hmm. it actually even feels like a Sean S. Cunningham like production. Like, do you remember like that? It kind of feels like house felt like the first house, which yeah, is a yeah. Sean Cunningham production. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that movie. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I watched the new kids. That one was, you know, pretty fun. I think I gave it like a seven, seven and a half. Uh, then I watched Warning Sign, uh, which I didn't really care for that much. It's like an infected type movie, um, like Rage Virus. It was okay. Uh, I gave that one a six. Uh, and then I watched Ice Cream Man, the classic um, Clint Howard '90s movie, which I first saw on Monster Vision back in the day. That was that. I I just love that movie. It is. I know it's not good, but I just I love it. It's so much fun. I just think that it's a great great fun movie it's kind of conflicted though it doesn't know what it wants to be because like on one hand it seems like a kid's movie but then it's like an r-rated slasher almost on the other hand uh but that is ice cream man i that i i I, actually you gave me the vincin for my birthday a couple years ago i did yeah i finally got to it uh which the transfer on that is gorgeous like it is amazing what they did with that film uh, and then I watched Chud too because I'm actually I want to um, continue doing my Vestron video horror podcast. It's been a while since I've done an episode. I think over almost a year or maybe over a year since I released an episode. 
but it's been two years since they released the title, I think. So um doing <laughs> okay. Uh but yeah, Chud Two is the next title. That should be a quick episode because the there's only like one commentary and then like a couple of interviews for spe- special features. Uh but boy, that movie sucks. It is not good. Chud is Chud Two is not a good movie. Uh but it I was listening to the commentary, I started it and dude the 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 freaking dude on the commentary the director is like a tool bag man (laughs) like he is super lame yeah um he was like said like he said that he didn't see watch the original chad which i have heard before like i I think even like like tom matthews for example who plays tommy jarvis in uh friday 13th part six he never seen part five or four at the time oh i didn't know that yeah, I remember hearing him say that on, like, an interview before, but I think it's, like, not good for an actor to do, but, you know, different time for him, he was kind of just, like, doing whatever. Yeah. But, like, a director, I feel like, dude, like, at least check out the first movie, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I never watched the first film. Didn't care to. Um, or just, like, don't call it a sequel, then, if you're gonna make a sequel. Yeah, well, he said he wanted it to be a standalone thing, and it is, it's a completely different movie, but... Mm-hmm. Like, why Why not at least, out of curiosity's sake, at least just see the first one and just, like, know, like, okay, what the world is and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it, it was just annoying how he's so dismissive of the idea of, like, watching the first Chud. Um, he's like, I knew who was in it, but I didn't watch it or whatever. I can't uh, imagine, like, directing a movie and not knowing anything about anything that came before it. Yeah. So, uh, then we have, um, Bat People I watched, which was actually really fun. It came out in 1974. This dude gets bit by a bat and then it's like, it's like turning into one. Uh, it should have been, co- Derek actually said this, but it should have been called Bat Person because it, it's, there's not Bat People in it, but it actually was really entertaining. I, I liked the movie a lot. It was a Scream Factory release I picked up for super cheap, um, and then I watched Lake Mungo, which I had in a, uh, I have the original After Dark Horror Fest box set for the fourth year. Uh, back when Go Hastings was around, I paid $7 for the full box set. And like each has their own case and each has the, a slipcover and they're all sealed. So I finally cracked that open and watched Lake Mungo. That's like a mockumentary. It was all right. It, I, I liked it. We're actually doing that on 22 shots coming up here. Um, and then finally, uh, I watched The Quick and the Dead, which is a Western um, directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, really, really cool stuff. There's some horror ties there. Tobin Bell's in it. Keith David's in it. Also, um, uh, uh, Lance Henriksen plays an awesome character by the name of Ace. Uh, he's like a gunslinger who's, you know, does trick shots and stuff like that. Pretty cool. Uh, definitely want, probably my, probably my, honestly, I would probably say it is my favorite Western. Like I like the outlaw Josie Wells and I like young guns. Um, but yeah, that one's probably my favorite. I, I haven't seen a ton of Westerns, but I, or I have actually seen a lot of Westerns, but I don't know the titles to them because I grew up watching them with my pap. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you don't know that about me, but I did watch a lot of Westerns growing up too. I, I mean, I knew your pap like them, so I would assume. I would yeah. assume. Westerns are great. Like, I've always wanted to get more into them and, like, spend more time watching them. 
but I've just been so busy with other things. Yeah, honestly, I kind of dig the Western setting. Like, Wow. Uh, yeah. That surprises me because normally you don't like good stuff. Well, I don't like period pieces very much. We all know that. But like I like Westerns is a period piece. Yeah, I know, like I'm saying, like I just like the setting of westerns, like the whole I don't know, laid back small town like setting. It's because of Red Dead, that's why. It honestly is kind of. Like <laughs> it. And I also watched. I remember my dad showed me High Plains Drifter when I was a kid. That was like a popular one with Clint Eastwood, and I really, really enjoyed that. So I always kind of wanted to check out more of them. Mm, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then that was the seven that I watched. You know, I don't know if I'll get to seven this week. Probably not seven. I mean, that if I did seven every week, it would be like 365, you know. And I I still have about four movies left for 22 shots um, by Friday this week. So probably not going to be watching too many more in the collection this week. But yeah. maybe next week. Uh, so, yeah, that – I mean, that's kind of been my week, dude. I haven't really done much else. Uh, been – have I kind of had a bad week a little bit, but you know I'm I'm not going to focus on that right now. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's sort of the intro, uh, introductory part of the show. Uh, now we're going to move on to the section in which we are going to be talking about a preview of 2020. Yeah. Really quickly though, what was one of your favorite movies of the decade of the decade yeah this past decade honestly um probably i've been like trying to make a top 100 list here of movies from the whole decade and at the top of my list currently we have insidious Wow. Because I used to want that, like, I kind of mentioned that earlier. That was one I went to see in the theater back in school, 2010. I would have been, like, in seventh grade. So um, I went to see that. And then that's one that we used to watch a lot, like, in a group setting in high school. Because everyone thought that was just the scariest movie of all time. And then we would play the tiptoe through the window freaking song and turn off all the lights in the house. Yeah, that one. Yeah. (laughs) Very good, buddy. Very good. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely one of my, definitely up there is one of my favorite. It's also just a pure horror movie. It's horror at its finest. Um, there's a lot of horror movies now that kind of dive into different subgenres where it's like horror comedy, horror drama. Is it horror? I don't know. That type of deal. Insidious was actually like a really effective, horrifying, and scary movie. So, um, yeah, that's definitely up there. Um, Another one for me would be Excision from 2012. Uh, I just freaking love that movie. I think it's fantastic. Um, that you know, kind of that mm-hmm. awkward, weird girl type of focus movie that I always really dig, and that one always has kind of stuck with me. But there, there's obviously plenty more. But I can; those are my top two. I would say at the moment. Yeah, I love Insidious. It's actually probably the top of my list too. Uh, definitely one of my favorite horror films ever made my top 50, um, probably, you know, would make my number one of the decade, uh, or at least like top five, but, uh, yeah, um, Bedeviled, I really like Excision. I Mm -hmm. think that the, I think that the decade was very solid. Um, there was so many good movies that came out in the decade. So 
Yeah, very happy with the decade. But the start of the next decade, which is the 20s, the roaring 20s, um, which is kind of cool because, you know, we're going to be able to call these the 20s. It's weird, really, but yeah. Seems like the earth has been alive for so long when you put it that way. Yeah, because like the 10s sounded dumb. Nobody would say that. But the 20s actually sounds normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Uh, we have a list of films here slated. Not guaranteed that all of these will come out. And in fact, you know, every year there's some that gets pulled or pushed back. Uh, and these are the ones that I found kind of notable. Um, there's going to be a ton of movies that we never heard of that come out and like surprise us and end up on top 10 lists. But these are, these are the ones that we know that, you know, like the sort of the bigger ones that people have some sort of name recognition to them. Uh, so, um, the first one that came out was January 3rd, the garage a couple days ago. We, we saw this, you can hear our review later. Um, it was from the director of eyes of our, of my mother, which was a good movie. Um, so that, that was, you know, something and starring Lin Shay and John Harold Cho, uh, it also was a Sam Raimi produced film for, I believe, Ghost House, and it is a reboot of the um, Japanese Grudge series or Juwan series. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so we will talk, give our full thoughts on that um, later in the show. But uh, do you know how many Grudge films there are? Uh, well, you got the three American ones, you got this one, that's four there, and I don't know, is there three original, there's probably more than three, I have no idea how many G1 related films there are, Japanese ones, honestly. Yeah, it, it's kind of confusing, um, the first film is called Kat, Katasumi. Okay. Um, which is a television film, uh, and it's also known as four, 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 four. Oh, that never mind. They're short films. Gotcha. So those were f- um, sh- short films, but they were shown in a television movie. But that mm. that that is the like origins of the Juon curse. Uh, then there's Juon, um, the curse, and then Juon the curse two, and then. 2002 there's Jew on the grudge and then there's Jew on the grudge 2 and then there's 2004 is the grudge which is the remake and then there's the grudge 2 and then there is the grudge 3 and then there's Jew on black ghost and then Jew on white ghost and then Jew on the beginning of the end and then Jew on the final curse and then Sadako versus Kayako and then the grudge for <laughs> First, I was going to be like, oh, so there's actually not that many. And then after you said the American Grudges, you went on to list like five more of the G1 <laughs> films. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sadako versus Kayako is actually the only G1 related film I've ever seen. Um, I'm not familiar with the Japanese films. Those are ones I've always wanted to get into, uh, much like Ringu and all that. Um, I've seen... I've seen Ringu, I've seen, of course, Sadako versus Kayako, and I saw a um, pretty crappy movie called Sadako, which I think was just another one of the spinoffs when it comes to the Ring movies. But, yeah, those are ones that I have not gotten into and I would like to because I actually kind of dig those Japanese ghost stories. I know you kind of have different opinions, but um, I think I think they're kind of creepy. So, Not yeah. only do I not enjoy them, but I kind of hate them. So. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. I have seen a couple of these. Um, I've seen uh, the first Juon. Um, actually, no, the second Juon. I've seen Juon the Grudge. So that would be a third. Actually, Juwan. the third Juon. Yeah. <laughs> so Juon. That's weird. That's weird, man. So. Um, so is the Grudge, the American Grudge, a remake of Juon the Grudge, which is a I th- part three? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that always trips me up because I would do the same thing. I would assume that that would be the first one. Then I would be pissed when I realized that there were two more before it. And then um, I've seen Sadako and Kayako. And I actually own Black Ghost and White Ghost, but I've never seen them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that's that's Juon. Um uh after that we have um the next release which we will be seeing next week or the, actually this week we'll be seeing it and then we'll be releasing an episode covering it next week uh and that is underwater um this is the director william eubank who directed the signal uh it's a deep sea horror film centered around a crew of researchers struggling to get to safety when an earthquake quake devastates their underwater station their journey is complicated by something monstrous lurking on the ocean floor. Uh, this is starring um, Kirsten Stewart. Kristen Stewart? Yeah, that's what I said. Nope. Uh, and this actually was um, shot back in 2017, so three years later, um, it's finally hitting the theater which is never a good sign usually like because yeah. january is considered a dump month for horror sometimes and when you film a sh- something in 2017 and don't release it till january 2020 it kind of um you know can can go that way uh but this was a uh fox production i believe so it's kind of like uh you know they had some some changes with fox so yeah, I don't know. I think it it seems like it looks pretty good. I mean, it, I definitely get alien-type vibes from it. I'm really not huge on Kristen Stewart. I know a lot of people really aren't because she's very one-note in most of her mm-hmm. movies. So I'm not too thrilled with her. It looks like she's probably one, you know, the central character in the film. But um, see, I, I think it seems like it could potentially be pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I think so, too. Um, so after that... We have um, two films that are coming out uh, in January, January 24th. Uh, we have one that's hitting like VOD-ish type stuff, uh, and that is Color Out of Space, which um, I'm actually pretty excited for. I recently picked up a Fangor or a, a Rumorg that had an article about it um, and let me know a little bit more about it, but it actually sounds really cool. Uh, one, it's directed by Richard Stanley, who did Dust Devil and Hardware. Uh, and it's also based on an HP Lovecraft story, which I did not know. And it stars Nicolas Cage. Uh, and apparently this HP Lovecraft story was considered unfilmable, uh, be- even though it has been adapted before, because essentially what it's about is a meteorite that crashes to earth and basically, um, changes like things, colors on a spectrum of a color that we can't with like, that we don't know. Like we, it's like a new color to oh. us. Um, and it kind of like infects things. Like I, I'm getting like strong um, Stephen King, the weird, the tragic story of Jordy Barrel or whatever from Creepshow, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with the like meteor shit, <laughs> you know. So uh, 
I, I'm kind of getting a vibe of that a little bit, but it sounds really neat, actually. Like, there's this farmer, and, you know, his, like, livestock starts getting infected with this color and stuff. Like, it, it just – I, I, I didn't look at a trailer or anything, but – it just like from the pro, uh, promotional stills and stuff. It just looks awesome, and I think this um, might be. Is this Specter Vision? I believe so. Wait, it might not be. Is Wait. it? I'm trying to look it up, but I can't. Oh. You are so unprepared. No, I'm not, dude. It's just my thing is <laughs> everything just fucked up. Jeez, you're yelling at me. Yeah, you deserve it. Why? Because you're being a dick. Why don't you look up if it's Spectre Vision real quick? I'm trying. Oh, why can't you? Because I got everything else open. Oh, yes it is. It's, wait, Elijah Wood? It, yeah, That's... it's Spectre Vision. Yes, yep. it's, yeah. So Spectre Vision's fun because they released Toad Road, Cuties, uh, or Cooties, sorry, uh, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which was really good, The Boy, Greasy Strangler, Mandy, which was a huge hit, and then Daniel Isn't Real, which was pretty cool. So yeah, color out of space. Uh, big fan of Spectre Vision, Elijah Woods Production Company. Um, they do really unique stuff. So uh, very. I'm actually. This was one that I was kind of like, uh, you know, maybe it'll be mm. good. But now I'm like really looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, I didn't really know much about this one, but just kind of looking at steals from the movie, it looks pretty dope. I, it's got that really awesome just color scheme to it that I usually dig in films. So. And the plot seems pretty nifty. H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft I'm not too familiar with, though, to be no, completely honest. Neither. Like, I, I'm not, I don't, don't really like, care enough. Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't like... I actually find people who are obsessed with him annoying. Um, uh-huh. Like, I don't know. I just... I, not, not necessarily they're annoying, you know what I mean? But, like, just, just like... the idea of... It's because I don't know anything about it, so it always annoys me because I'm like, I don't know... And Lovecraft, like I don't, Lovecraftian and stuff, you know. I, I mean? hate, I hate that term. Yeah, but yeah. I understand why people like him because he's just so like out there and just. I mean, you know, kind of a master of storytelling too. But I, I just don't. I'm not familiar with this stuff, so mm-hmm. it's like more of like a, I'm an, I'm annoyed that I don't know anything about it and just don't have the uh, I guess drive to get into it. Yeah, that's how I feel about sports. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Uh, then also on the 24th, um, so this will be like probably the episode we do after Underwater. Mm-hmm. We'll have The Turning. And that is a uh, a young governess is hired by a man who has become responsible for his young nephew and niece after the deaths of their parents. Um, a modern take on Henry James' novella, The Turn of the Screw, which I, I've never... I've never seen seen or read that or whatever. I think this has been adapted before, like in terms of like we've seen movies that are bit, like kind of inspired by that novella. Uh, I actually didn't think this looked very good to me personally. I don't know. Everyone seems to think it looks like trash. I think it looks like it could potentially be okay, but at this point. It seems like everything I say that about turns out to be I'm completely wrong, and it turns out to be just as bad as it looks, so I, I really don't even know at this point. Yeah. Uh, okay, so after that, we have um, Gretel and Hansel. Uh, this one comes out January 31st, so like the final week of January, but th- that's like at least five films coming out in January. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Four theatrical, so I'm really excited about that. 
Uh, but we have Gretel and Hansel. This is, you know, based on, of course, Hansel and Gretel. Um, uh, this is Osgood Perkins, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he directed I'm the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Mm-hmm. And The Black Coat's Daughter, which I like both of those. Mm-hmm. Black Coat's Daughter was a top tenner for me. Um, Pretty Thing didn't quite get there for me, but it was still decent. Uh, a long time ago, in a distant fairy tale countryside, a young girl leads her brother into a dark wood in desperate search for food and work, only to stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil. Uh, just, I thought this looked great. Me too. Yeah, just by the so, trailer alone, I thought it looked pretty awesome. It is PG thirteen, mm-hmm. but that's okay. I don't, I don't really mind. And I like the story of Hansel and Gretel, so I'm always down for another adaptation. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, February seventh. I don't think this one is theatrical, but it's Come to Daddy. Um, it's not a hundred percent horror. Apparently, it's more of like a thriller, but it does star Elijah Wood. Um, and it says Elijah Wood stars as a 30 something who travels great distance to reconnect with his estranged father. Their bonding experience becomes far more awkward and dangerous than expected. Hmm. Um, I'm just down with Elijah Wood. I like him as an actor and I especially like him in like horror ish stuff. Um, and this movie actually looks kind of, kind of crazy a little bit. So, Hmm. um, yeah, that, that, that one. Definitely interested in that. Yep. Uh, then we have um, also coming out on the 7th. Um, I believe this is a limited release in theaters, so we might get it. It might be like the waterfront for us. Um, but it is The Lodge. Jeremy saw this at um, the Cinema Apocalypse in Chicago last year, and he said it was probably the best film that they showed. Uh, initially, it was slated for this uh 2019 but they pushed it back uh so it says a soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiance two children at a remote holiday village just as relations begin to thaw between the trio some strange and frightening events take place sounds pretty cool yeah and honestly i come to find that jeremy anytime he recommends a movie i usually like it and that one's plot sounds like something i'd really really like because i tend to like things set in the winter setting so i'm pretty excited for that yeah honestly it's not often that jeremy likes a movie that i don't yeah um i often like movies that he doesn't but when he praises something i usually like it Mm -hmm. um but that was directed by severin faella and veronica franz who did goodnight mommy which was a great movie as well have you seen Goodnight Mommy? That's one I actually did not see. Yeah, that one almost made my top ten that year that it came out. Hmm. Um, okay, let's see here. What else do we have? Um, oh, we have After Midnight. Uh, this one comes out February 14th. I actually have a screener of this uh, that is embargoed, so I'm not allowed to review it until the week of release. But I actually wouldn't mind doing it on here, possibly, um, and dropping it like right on release date, maybe. Uh, it is um, 
it's a, it says, uh, Bloody Disgusting wrote this up. If you're looking for romance on this Valentine's Day, this horror sci-fi film by Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella offers up the perfect selection. Gardner also stars as Hank, a man whose life in sanity begins to crumble after his girlfriend disappears suddenly. Her d- departure coincides with the arrival of a monster that is determined to break into his home. Uh, Jeremy Gardner, I really like. He did The Battery, which I'm a huge fan of. I love, love, love The Battery. It was like an indie film like shot for like under $10,000 that just absolutely blew me away. Uh, zombie film. And, uh, it, you know, uh, he did Tex Montana, which was like a comedy, low-budget comedy that was really cool. And then uh, he also was in bliss earlier this year or earlier last year, which I thought was pretty cool too. He's, he's a good actor. So, um, very excited for that one. Mm-hmm. You need to see, um, the battery. I know. I, there's been a few times where I was going to watch it and I just haven't yet. I think it's on shutter. So maybe I'll check it out one day. Uh, also from February 14th i just threw this in there because i thought it was hilarious um amityville vibrator so coming out for valentine's day as well uh (laughs) this is a super super indie film like you know probably like no budget at all um Uh i'm actually friends with the guy who made it on facebook and he's like no it it reminds me of like death like slasher nurse movie we saw like just no Uh budget um, it says Kathy moves into a new home and soon comes into contact with a vibrator with ancient evil powers. Two researchers must locate this possessed item before Kathy and anyone else she encounters becomes a sex slave for Satan. Uh, I'm scared. That's just funny. Yeah. Uh, then we have Fantasy Island coming out February 14th. A lot of films for February 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is based on a seventies TV show about a magic Island resort, but they did it completely horror horror. Um, I think it's PG 13 though, which is a little unfortunate. Um, but yeah, it stars Michael Rooker, um, the director of cry wolf and truth or dare two hours and 36 minutes. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know about all that. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another one we'll probably go see. Yeah, definitely. Um, wow, that's kind of a long runtime. That's uh, Blumhouse yeah. Yeah. there. That's shocking. Huh. Um, okay, after that, we have... Um, we have... VFW, um, the new Joe Bigos movie, so... Uh, Joe B goes, this one's, uh, coming direct to video, I believe, but, uh, Joe B goes, follows up, uh, uh, his blood soaked bliss with this equally splatterific film by Fangoria. So this is a Fangoria production. Uh, a group of war veterans must defend their local VFW posts against a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of punk mutants, uh, starring Stephen Lang, William Sadler, Martin Cove, David Patrick Kelly, Fred Williamson, and George Went. Um, the, this just sounds cool. Reminds me of like something like from Dust Till Dawn or Assault on Precinct 13, but with like veterans. I thought this was a cool concept and I'm really looking forward to it because Bigos has been on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have, um, Brahms The Boy 2, um, which is supposed to hit February 21st. This was originally supposed to be released in 2019, 
uh, and it got pushed back to 2020. Um, after family moves into the Hillshire mansion, their young son soon makes friends with a lifelike doll called Brahms. Um, and it was directed by the guy who did 2006's Stay Alive, which I actually liked, 2012's Devil Inside, which I heard was horrible, and then 2013's Were, which was really good. So he's been, you know, he redeemed himself with Were for sure. That's a great movie. Have you have you seen The First Boy? Yeah, okay. I liked it. For some reason, I, I thought did you did like not. It. Yeah, I, I really yeah. enjoyed it too. Um so I'm kind of looking forward to this, honestly. I like the boy. I thought it was actually pretty creepy in parts. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, one of the films I'm most excited about, directed by Lee Winnell. We have The Invisible Man. This is for Blumhouse. Uh, and, of course, Lee Winnell, uh, first film. Uh, well, actually, you know, he co-wrote Saw mm-hmm. um, and some of the Saw films. And then he directed, uh, I think he co-wrote Insidious with James Wan as well. And he directed Insidious Chapter 3. Uh, then he did Upgrade, which was a um, a, a successful f- film. A lot of people like that one. Uh, and it says, When Celia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax as a series of coincidences turn lethal. Celia works to prove that she's being haunted by someone nobody can see. That, that I, I just... Like I like the Invisible Man concept, so I'm completely down with this. Mm-hmm. Seems pretty cool. And that comes out on February 28th. Uh, then on to March, um, and and this is where things start getting spaced out more because they everything doesn't get announced. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, th- they can still announce other stuff for March, basically. Um, but we have uh, Quiet Place Part 2, uh, following the events of the first film. Um, is it directed by John Krasinski? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, we both like Quiet Place. made my top ten, so um, I'm looking forward to that. I, I avoided the trailer, so... I did not. I thought it looked pretty good. Cool. Yeah. That comes out March 2020. Uh, and then we have Saint Maud, which comes out March 27th. Uh, this is an A24 film. I know nothing about it. Um, it says nurse uh, who becomes dangerously obsessed with saving her soul, the soul of her dying patient. Hmm. Uh, came out of the Toronto International Film Festival. Um, says that it's a psychological uh, horror film, thriller. Uh, don't know much about the cast or director or anything like that, though. Yeah. Um, then we have, what do we have here? antlers april 17th uh based on the short story the quiet boy by nick and tosa channel zero uh this is a guillermo del toro produced feature uh that sees a small town in oregon uh teacher and her brother the local sheriff become entwined with a young student harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences this looks pretty cool yeah i agree um even though i typically don't love uh, the um, Del Toro produced type of stuff all the time. Me neither. Uh, then we have uh, The New Mutants, which is uh, orig- originally slated for... Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was originally slated for April 13th, 2018. Uh, 
um, and it got pushed back twice when the Fox Disney merger happened. Uh, it's PG thirteen, but according to Josh Boone, it's always been PG thirteen. Uh, it says five young mut- mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will will fight to escape th- their past sins and save themselves. Uh, starring Anna Taylor Joy. This was um, made my top five most anticipated horror releases in 2017 when we were going into 2018. <laughs> uh, because I had read um, so much interviews with Josh Boone saying how like this movie was heavily inspired by Dream Warriors. Mm-hmm. So that just got me like super excited. But um, yeah. Uh, after that, we have April 24th, Antebellum. Uh, successful author Veronica finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality uh, and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. Uh, this is from the producers of Get Out and Us. Um, uh, it is... What's that? I thought it looked pretty cool, honestly. It's one Me that too. I am looking forward to. Um, Untitled Saw sequel. So, uh, yeah, they haven't really said anything about it other than it's a story by Chris Rock and um, uh, Samuel Samuel L. Jackson is involved in Darren Lynn Bowsman's directing, who Darren Lynn Bowsman did Saw 2, 3, and 4. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's kind of – like people are worried that it's not going to be a sequel and they're rebooting it, but Darren Lynn Bowsman being back kind of gives me hope that it might be, you know – more of a sequel see i don't care too much either way really i thought you enjoyed the last saw i did but like i don't know i just don't care for the saw movies that much to be like oh can't wait i'm with jeremy a little bit like i like that saw was like my generation's thing because like i like i fell out of it because i just got into like doing other stuff but like when saw one through four came out what like one through five maybe even one through six like everybody was so hyped to go see them like it was like a pretty big like popular thing among my friends and stuff yeah that really wasn't the case for me i mean it was probably more your time in a way anyway but for me lamely enough it was the paranormal activity movies really were kind of the ones that were coming out every year for us but i don't know i just think saw was like a depressing franchise it's not it's no friday the 13th or anything to where i'm like hell yeah i can't wait to go sit sit down in the theater and watch a bunch of people die and get tortured i don't <laughs> See, know I, like i like i like them oh, good for you i like them man i i do i i, I like them so I'm, I'm looking forward to that um after that we have june 12th uh pro- my most anticipated film for sure and that is Candyman. Uh, which is a labeled as a spiritual sequel. Jordan Peele produced and co-wrote this film. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. very excited for this. Also returning, Tony Todd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I mean, Candyman, I think it's a very good movie. I'm like, not. I don't. it's not one I want to rewatch all the time, but I am excited for the remake or whatever, what is, spiritual remake, whatever. Spiritual sequel. Sequel. Sequel, my bad. Whatever. I don't know. When's the last time you watched Katie, man? Uh, probably, t- I don't know, a year and a half ago, maybe. Mm. Yeah. You should uh, get the Blu-ray and watch that. That'll make you fall in love with it. <laughs> I have it on VHS and DVD, but not on Blu-ray, actually. 
I have it on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. Ooh, good for you. Let me borrow your Blu-ray. You ain't touching my Scream Factory Blu-ray. I paid $30 for that damn thing. Oh, God, sorry. Uh, After that, we have Ghostbusters Afterlife, July 10th. Uh, When a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters. I have never seen a single Ghostbusters film. Well, there's only two, so... I've never seen one of the two Ghostbusters films. Actually, wait, no, there is three. They did that reboot. That's what I thought. That black chick. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I, I've never been overly, I don't like any, like, I don't love any of the Ghostbusters movies, honestly. Like, I think I've seen parts of the first one, but I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing because I never really had much interest. They're decent. Um, July 31st, Morbius, uh, which is, I believe a Marvel film, Mm. um, that is like, apparently like an actual horror movie or something um then we have august 14th malignant um this is i i want to say that this written by james oh yeah 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 it is um i i saw that he actually was shooting it like i saw uh because i was researching something else i saw that he actually showed like tweeted out that they were shooting it and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, like production stuff. Um, apparently it's a giallo. (laughs) Yeah. So that's weird. Yeah. Um, September 11th, the conjuring, the devil made me do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to feel about that one. I mean, I like the, Uh, I'm excited. I like those movies. I mean, I, yeah, I like the conjuring films. I like the first, you know, conjuring one, conjuring two. I just wonder if this one will be, like as good as those oh no well it's directed by the dude who directed curse of la Llorona. yeah i know that's why i'm saying that no yeah I, yeah i knew that ahead of time no yeah buddy that's what ruined that's it the me. worst one i know dude i know that's kind of why i looked at that and i was like oh conjuring three and then i looked into it and i was like oh conjuring three We'll see. Yeah. Uh, then we have Late Last Night in Soho, uh, directed by Edgar Wright, Shaun of the Dead, um, Anna Taylor-Joy, um, a fashion-obsessed girl who finds a way to travel back to the 1960s where she encounters her idol, a charismatic aspiring singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems in times to fall apart with shady consequences. Yeah. Um, then we have The Witches, October 16th. Uh, the new adaptation of Ronald Dahl's novel by Robert Zemeckis tells a scary, funny, and wild adventure of a seven-year-old boy who has a run-in with witches and Hathaway stars as Grand High Witch. I saw a little bit... I, I saw um, some of the original witches. It's kind of, kind of dark for a kid's movie. I've never, I've never seen it. Um, I saw it, like, a little bit of it when I was younger like a kid i mean i know Roald doll then he also do willy wonka and the chocolate factory oh he also did a story called the land lady which i read in middle school and that was a dark like he's known for doing dark kids stories so Mm -hmm. all right um then we have halloween kills (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, I really didn't like Halloween too much, 2018 or whatever. I just... But, you know, it's a new Halloween film. I'm always kind of excited to see a new franchise film. Uh, We'll see how it goes. There is no way I'm not excited for a Halloween film. It's just impossible for me to not be excited about one of the big three, or four even. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I just... I really... The more I watched the 18 version, I just didn't like it. But we have two, we have two more Halloween films, like pretty much guaranteed. So, mm-hmm. which is pretty that's cool. kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, that we get to kind of go through a new trilogy. Um, then we have Godzilla versus King Kong, November 20th. Um, I was very much looking forward to this, directed by Adam Wingard. But after watching Godzilla King of Monsters, I just lost all enthusiasm. I think that was like the most boring watch for me last year. Yeah, like I'm not it like was... I couldn't pay attention to it. I, it's just not my cup of tea too to begin with. So that's... well, I loved King Kong, the mm-hmm. King Kong that they did, um, Skull Island. I loved that movie, and I was expecting that, but with Godzilla, and I, I just did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, Boys in the Wood. Uh, after a handful of, of extremely well received festival screenings. Amazon Studios snatched up the endearing and surprising horror comedy. Uh, while no date has yet been set, be sure to jump on its release. Um, in Scottish Highlands, four misfit city boys embark on a rite of patch- passage but find themselves prey to a mysterious huntsman instead. Hip-hop-loving farmers, a hallucinogenic rabbit, shites, laughs, and chaos ensues. That kind of seems funny. <laughs> yeah. I like the title. Um... Then we have co- the collected three. Um, hmm. Yeah, so it's a sequel to the collector and the collection. I have not seen either of those. The collector is really good. Yeah, I haven't seen the collection. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things um, based on a chilling novel. Uh, no date is set yet, but it's supposed to hit Netflix in the first quarter. Um, Fear Street Um, R.L. Stein's popular Fear Street novel series getting an adaptation trilogy that's pretty cool honestly yep and the last one here that I have is Synchronic the latest by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead follows two New Orleans paramedics whose lives are ripped apart after encountering a series of horrific deaths linked to a designer drug with bizarre otherworldly effects. Interesting. So I got most of those from Bloody Disgusting. Mm -hmm. There's an article called 31 Films coming out in 2020, but I actually pulled a couple myself too. Very good, buddy. Do you have anything that I missed? Um, well, it looks like here there's... Escape Room Part 2 is supposed to come out eventually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I think... I don't know. I, I feel like that... There's been no movement on it because I think it was supposed to come out like fairly early. It says release date August 14, 2020. Oh, okay. There's still some time there. Yeah, so... I mean, that was that was a decent one that came out at the beginning of the year last year. Um, it was no surprise it would get a sequel. Um, and then if I'm... 
The Purge freaking five. I don't really. Oh yeah, care that about one wasn't much. on there either. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, The Purge five. Set for mm-hmm. July tenth, twenty twenty. Yep. So we'll see it still. Yeah, I mean, I I really don't care. Like I, they're all decent movies, or just not ones that I, I'm not a big fan of. But that's about it, I think, as far as big titles go. All right. Well, I mean, there's definitely some stuff to look forward there. I'm sure there will be a ton more that comes out that we don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So with that said, let's move into like our featured review of the episode, uh, and that is the Grudge 2020. A house is cursed by a vengeful ghost that dooms those who enter it with a violent death. Directed by Nicholas um, Peace. Yeah. Um, who did the eyes of my mother and piercing, um, and yeah, starring Lynn Shay, uh, Tara Westward, Junko Bailey, David Lawrence Brown, Zoe Fish, John Harold Cho, John Cho, who don't get top billing, um, produced by Sam Raimi. Um, and Ghost House. Uh, so yeah, this film... Oh, dude, it's so forgettable. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know how to read a plot synopsis for it. Yeah, so it follows uh, a woman returning from Japan. So it does have ties to the original Juon, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it... You know, she brings the Juon curse back with her. Uh, and then we're kind of told with between like four timelines, I think three or four timelines. So we're seeing like 2004, 2006, 2005, 2005. So, um, and we flash forward back to each of these events and they kind of intertwine with each other a little bit. I didn't hate that. I actually thought it was kind of cool. I understand why people say it's hard to follow, but Mm -hmm. watch Juon because that is way harder to follow. Um, and basically, like, there's this woman uh, who's, like, going, you know, senile or crazy or something, and her husband, along with, um, like, a uh, uh, health professional who's trying to help with her. And then, like I said, there's that mother and her daughter and husband. Um, and then there is John Cho, who is, like, a realtor, and him and his pregnant wife. And then there's also um, modern. Well, I guess it wasn't. Wouldn't be. Is it modern? It's not modern. It's like the latest in the timeline, like 2006 or yeah, something. Yeah, takes. Yeah, it's 2006 is the latest it goes. Yeah, and that's following the de- uh, a detective or something. Yeah. So there, there's like four intertwined stories. <sighs> Dude, this movie is just soulless. It mm-hmm. just has. It just has no soul. It has no soul. It, it's so boring. Yeah, it's one of those ones where when you go to a movie theater to watch a movie, it's usually easy to pay attention to the movie because that's what you're there for. But it's one of those ones where JP and I were kind of just talking to each other the whole film and it was hard to pay attention. And then you start daydreaming about all your life worries and stuff. And it's just it was boring. That's what I got out of it. I was hoping it would be at least fun and have like. Some good scares, which the, there was like one or two, honestly. That I, I, I won't had give it that. two good jump scares. The first was I don't even remember. I don't even remember what it was. I know there was yeah. There's one where the there was one in a car, and then there was the one early on that I can't remember. 
There was the one with the detective lady in that like room, looking around for what. Oh, that was the one. That was the first one. Yeah, but so it does have that at least. Um, but yeah, there's just not much to it, and it's like, yeah, it's cool to intertwine the stories, but I feel like I just didn't care about any of the stories. I think maybe the one with John Cho was probably the most intriguing to me, and it's probably because I just kind of like John Cho as an actor, and I was invested in him, but I just thought everyone else in the film was rather boring. I mean, Lynn Shea's always over the top and crazy, and she, she does a good job too, but even that story, like, I didn't, I just didn't really care that much. That's what I got out of this yeah, movie. I just didn't care. I think that it just is um, such an uninspired film. Like, really, this is the what grudge now? Like, the 10th or something? Mm. Uh, between the Japanese and American series. And it's the fourth American one. And it literally adds nothing. Nothing new to the table. It brings nothing new. It brings no level of inspiration or, you know, any type of anything that you would really like or care about. You know what I mean? It's just... There is some level of gore to it, which I found surprising, and mm-hmm. I did think that the gore was decent. Uh, it's I'm shocked and and just flabbergasted that this movie made almost as much as Doctor Sleep opening weekend. Yeah, which it was a fantastic movie, and this is like garbage. It's a garbage movie. There's there's very little redeemable qualities about it. Um, I will say that the aesthetic was kind of good. Um, it was very moody and dark looking. It looked like um, 2004 to 2006. It actually looked is, like dude, it was made. Very, in time very period. good point. Very good point. Because that, I couldn't place what it was that I was feeling, but you're right. It looks it like, did. it actually looks like the first American grudge movie, in my opinion. It had the same tones to it and just, yeah, it felt like a throwback. They all had old phones and there was, there was, I think like the TVs were like older, so they did a good job with that. But yeah, besides that, and like the few okay jump scares, there's really not much. I was actually hoping for a movie that would offer more scares to it at the very least, because then if anything, you can have some fun with it and think it's like, oh, it's just another cool jump scare movie. But you just don't get enough of that, even really. You don't get much with the ghost girl or the ghost whatever and it's i don't know it's not something i would ever feel like watching again in my life see when you make a film like this that's disjointed and you have like these different um like time periods and characters that you're following like a film like a quentin tarantino film for example like he sets up each world to where you're looking forward to the return of each one, mm-hmm. you know, like once it, like, like once you see you're following this character again, you're like, oh, okay, cool. What's this guy doing now? This one just didn't have that. Like there was, no, there was no interest in the different segments. Um, I don't mind the attempt at doing a like sort of out of order or like jumbled narrative like that because I, I do like stuff like that. I just think that this one was an absolute failure. Uh, there's just nothing that like, there's nothing to the story. It's so basic. It's as basic as you could get with the grudge. Um, there was one, I also really liked the haunting like imagery of the, of the woman in the car. I thought that that like actually looked pretty cool and Mm -hmm. and good. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of redeemable qualities about this movie. It's, it's very basic. It's, you almost feel bad for the people involved that like, dude, like you guys got <laughs> screwed over on this cause this sucks. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. Uh, I do want to remain spoiler free on this, this show because these movies are brand new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't have much else either. I think that was a good point. That is the biggest problem with the film is you got four stories going on, but you don't, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't want to run back and be like, oh, I'm interested to see how things work out with the husband and wife or anything like that. And every time you go back to the freaking, that blonde detective, I just thought she was so bland and boring and depressing. Yeah, that was another misstep was that casting there. Um, or the direction. I don't know. I don't know who to blame for that. Um, I mean, she, but, like, her character was supposed to be depressed because, like, they just had a tragic thing happen to their family, but it's, like, I don't know. You start out the story with her, and she's kind of, like, in a way, like, the wraparound main person, kind of, and I don't know. It just... Uh, the, the, another thing is, I just think that, you know, the overall story was just weak you know it was just it was just a weak story it wasn't that entertaining it wasn't that engaging um i actually do think that like there were aspects like early on where i was still with the movie Mm -hmm. like when you first meet lin Che's character and stuff like that i was like okay this this uh, like i'm you know i'm semi into this um and then it just it just quickly kept going downhill and by by the you know third act especially the end i thought the end was super weak too it was just dumb and just basic and like it just kind of ended yeah. you know what i mean and uh uh during that time i was thinking about man i can't wait to go like look at these you know used movie stores like in the area <laughs> like the whole time like that's what i would want to do i just wanted it to end so um for me uh, I'm going to say it's complete. Like, honestly, this is one of the worst theatrical experiences I've had. I, I mean, it is technically a well shot and edited and uh, or maybe not edited, but like the sound is good. And, you know, it, it looks like a Hollywood production, but and the aesthetics good. And there was a couple good jump stairs. But other than that, it is just atrocious. Um, I gave it a three and a half out of ten. Yeah, I gave it a generous 4 out of 10 just for being a movie, but I can't go higher than that. I would not recommend this to anyone. I, it's, my friend actually texted me uh, yesterday and said, did you see The Grudge And I was like, yeah, it's hot garbage. And she was like, I want to see it. And I was like, it was literally so boring, dude. And I was like trying to pretty much beg her <laughs> not to go see it. And she was like, oh, I'll probably like it then, like as a joke, because she always... Is off. She always likes those mainstream films, but I'm thinking, I don't think you will, because yeah, it's, it's not um, fun time. It's universally hated almost. I, I think Derek was the only person who um, I saw thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, everybody else I've seen pretty much said that it sucks. So, yeah. That is The Grudge. And uh, with that said, um, that is my rating and <laughs> review. Uh, that's it. That two hour show for this first one here, pretty much. So, um, yeah, these won't be as long. Honestly, they'll probably be like 45 to 50 minutes. Um, maybe, you know, especially when we don't have a huge long, you know, intro and, um, you know, middle thing, Mm -hmm. uh, with the, you know, films coming up, 
if we imagine if we just came here to review the garage yeah <laughs> it'll just be like another netflix and chill pretty much but yeah i'm i'm gonna try to do a better job of really since we're going to be recording these i'm gonna try to really focus on the details of the film mm-hmm. so i have a lot to say but um yeah anyway uh that's it where can people check you out well, you can check me out. I have two other podcasts, uh, both of them, which are monthly. Oh, well, we de- of course, we have Netflix and Chill as well. We're still going to run with that. But um, other than that, I have the Movie versus Movie Horror Podcast, which I do with my friend Austin. And um, that's where we pair two similar movies together and kind of give little reviews on them and then decide which one comes out on top. And that is, of course, on Horophilia networks and podcasts you can find that there um then other than that i have another podcast with uh derek and he it is uh the celluloid dissections podcast and that is where we pick a movie uh that one is also not completely horror based it's uh pretty much any movie from any genre but it's usually like a significant film uh and it's usually one that i haven't seen before because it just makes it more interesting and we watch it, and then we kind of go in depth and do a dissected review where we just go all out and review the entire thing and talk about all the details. So that is also on Horophilia Networks and Podcasts. Other than that, I have a YouTube channel, Carly317. You can check that out on YouTube. That's about it for me. All right. And uh, 22 Shots, we have a mockumentary show coming up um, with The Bay, which I watched this week, Lake Mungo, and The Tunnel, which I still need to see. Uh, but yeah, with that said, I hope you guys enjoyed the first show. We will be back. Uh, I had fun. I hope you had fun, Carly. And uh, I'm looking forward to continuing along with this. So see you guys next time. Peace.